did he praise me? Praise the Lord. Come on, if you love the Lord, give him a hand praise in this house this morning. Come on, somebody give Jesus some praise in this house. Can you shout hallelujah? Shout glory. Praise the Lord. If you would, on your way down, shake three people's hands and say, we serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. Praise the Lord. We serve an awesome God. Amen. You may be seated. You know, one thing that I love about uh, the Houston conference is each and every single year that I've come here for the last however many years it is. Amen. The theme that's going forth is always a prophetic word concerning what God is doing in speaking to the people at that specific time. Amen. And uh, it's really exciting to see. Before I get started, I want to share some good news with you real quick. Uh, when we were in New Mexico, we had a great time. Amen. With Pastor Pedro and his wife. And uh, I thank them for what they've done. But I had asked y'all to pray with me concerning my daughter who had broke her arm in a way to where the bone wasn't lining back up. Amen. And it's kind of interesting what the theme of that conference was. Amen. Talking about dry bones. Praise the Lord. But as we begin to pray, my daughter, who is seven years old, Went to the uh, doctor about a week later, amen, and she had just gone the previous week when the doctor was saying, we're going to have to do surgery because that bone is not lining up, and it tends to be in a spot where it slips up off of, amen, the other joint. And we prayed by faith right there that morning at the beginning of that conference, and how many of y'all know, amen, that... Uh, the next time she went to go visit the doctor, amen, the doctor said, I don't know what happened, but that bone is lined up. It's beginning to heal. So I just want to say thank you, amen, for believing God, Jehovah Rapha, amen. He is a healer. Praise the Lord. And she got her cast off actually early. Oh, my God. You know what? That, that, that's how God is. He shows up and shows out sometime. Are y'all with me today? She ended up getting her cast off early with no surgery at all. Amen. So, amen. You have a reason to give God some praise this morning. Amen. Come on. Give him a hand praise this morning. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open up to the scripture as I get started here this morning. And I am going to work off the same scripture as a lot of folks, but that's okay. How many of y'all know, amen, God can give us fresh revelation? Hello, somebody. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and let's look here starting in verse 6, if you have it, amen. I'll give you just a moment to get there. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. And there's some things that I want to begin to illuminate here and reveal to you concerning what Paul was speaking to Timothy and what God is speaking to us today, amen? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, if you have it, say amen. amen. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of love, of power and love and discipline. 
Now, I know some of y'all like the version that says, amen, a sound mind, amen, because some of y'all's minds weren't too sound before. Verse 8 reads, and therefore do not be ashamed. Somebody say, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me. Somebody say, join with me. But join with me in suffering. Oh, Lord, we don't like that word, do we? For the gospel according to the power of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. Y'all pray with me. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for a fresh anointing. I thank you for a fresh wind of your spirit, God. I thank you for a fresh vision, Lord Jesus. Amen. Fresh strength today, God. Lord, speak to our hearts, Father. Lord, speak to us as I decrease and you increase in this house, Lord. Father, I just ask you, God, to help us hear a word from you this morning, Lord God. Not a word from man, not a word from me, but a word from you, Jesus. A word that will change us, a word that will empower us, a word that will help us to go forward for your kingdom, for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you about something this morning, if he puts it up there on the screen. And my topic is fanning the flame of passion. Fanning the flames of passion. Amen. And in and, and parentheses, I put stirring up momentum. Fanning the flames of passion and stirring up momentum now I want to share something with you real quick amen because I think I got the right crowd as far as those that amen want to carry the gospel forward and reach a lost and dying world go into the highways and the byways amen and compel them to come in and receive the love of Jesus but you know one thing that we begin to realize is within 20 minutes how many of y'all know we can be in downtown Houston, Texas? Within four hours, we can be in Dallas or Fort Worth or even Tyler. Within six hours, we can be in Oklahoma, Arkansas, or Louisiana. Within 10 hours of flying, you can be in the Philippines. Within another 11 hours, amen, you can be in England. And within about 26 hours, you can be in Australia. And I say all that to say this. When we look at it, we have great opportunities in reaching the loss for Jesus. Can I get an amen? We have great opportunities in reaching the loss for Jesus. But when we begin to look at the Bible... How many of y'all know the Bible is filled with people that missed God? The Bible is filled with people that miss God. God had visited them. The opportunity was there, but they missed what God was doing. And one thing I want to share with you this morning, amen, is that it is a horrible tragedy to see people miss God. It's a horrible thing to see, amen, a person miss the destiny that God has for their life. Come on, somebody. The plan that God had, the purpose for them ever even existing. To see them miss that, especially those that are pastors and, and directors and leaders, amen. Amen, it, it, it kills our spirit to see people, amen, that miss what God had for their life. To miss the opportunity, amen. To miss the blessing. To miss the fulfillment that God has. You know, I want to share a couple of examples of those in the Bible that had actually missed God. You know, when we talk about Eve in the book of Genesis, Eve missed God. And how many of y'all know the whole world was cursed because of it? 
Not only that, but the world had failed, amen, to listen to Noah. And as a result, it was destroyed in a flood. Israel missed God, and they wandered around for 40 years in a desert. And some of them died in that desert. Israel missed God again at the Tower of Babel, amen, and it was scattered throughout the whole earth. Aaron missed God in worship, and he led the people into idolatry and lost 3,000 lives. Moses missed God, and it cost him going into the promised land. Achan missed God, amen, and was killed with his whole family. The Pharisees missed God and died in their sins. See, one thing I want you to realize, saints, is that we can get diverted and miss God's destiny and purpose merely because we took the wrong turn. Somebody say, take the right turn. See, the Bible says, amen, that there's a path that leads to destruction, a path that is wide that leads to destruction, and many will find it. Amen. There's a path that leads to righteousness, amen, and few will find it. It's a narrow path. Are y'all with me today? But there is a path and a plan that God has for your life that is going to produce everything that God has intended for you to do. Amen. Every blessing, every need, every bit of fulfillment, amen, every single goal accomplished, amen. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me this morning? So as we begin to look here in the book of 2 Timothy, in chapter 1 and verse 6, what we begin to see here is Paul is passing a mantle onto his disciple, Timothy, who Timothy was a young church planter, amen. And not only that, but it was a time in Timothy's life when Timothy was ready to quit. It was a time in Timothy's life when Timothy was ready to give up. He was ready to quit, amen. He was about to miss God for what God had for his life. Now, I want to share with you some stats real quick. Amen. And these stats are from Barna and from Focus on the Family. I'm going to tell you these aren't the stats of, amen, Victory Life or Victory Temple or Victory, amen. Uh, are y'all with me today? These are not, not the stats of this fellowship. Hello, thank you, Jesus. But these are some stats, amen, from Focus on the Family. It says 1,500 pastors leave the ministry each month due to moral failure, spiritual burnout, or contention in their churches. It says 50% of pastors' marriages will end in divorce. The devil is a liar. 80% of pastors and 84% of their spouses feel unqualified and discouraged in ministry. 50% of pastors feel so discouraged that they would leave the ministry if they could, but they have no other way of making a living. 80% of seminary and Bible school grads leave the ministry within the first five years of ministry. 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. 70% of pastors said that the only time they read their Bible was when preparing for sermons. 80% of pastors' spouses wish their spouses would cho have chose a different profession. And the majority of pastors' wives surveyed said that the most destructive event that has occurred in their marriage and family was the day that they entered into ministry. Now I'm going to tell you all that to tell you this. Ministry in the flesh without the fanning of the flame... Without the Holy Ghost, will kill you. Now, I'm going to tell you for those that are in the ministry and in the home, amen. Ministry in the home without the fanning of the flame, without the Holy Ghost, come on, somebody, it will kill you spiritually. Can I get an amen? 
Now, I'm going to flip this over to pastors and leaders for a minute. Pastors and leaders, amen, directors, ministry in the flesh. Without the fanning of the flame and without the Holy Ghost will kill you physically. You will become sick in your body. Because you're doing it in your own strength. You're doing it in your own ability. Amen. You're trying to operate in a supernatural, amen, situation, amen, in the natural. You're trying to operate in a situation that takes the power of God, amen, and the wisdom of God, amen, and the word of God, amen, and you're trying to do it on your own. See, you can't take a supernatural, amen, and spiritual setting and operate in, amen, the flesh. It will kill you. Some of you may wonder, why am I dying spiritually? Maybe you're operating in the flesh. You know, I told my wife, I said, honey, I've got to do something different. Because all these pressures of the ministry are beginning to affect my body. And the Holy Spirit said it's because you're not doing it through the power of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me today? He said, you're not fanning the flame. Are y'all with me today? So ministry without the fanning of the flame will kill you spiritually, even physically. And some of you are feeling the depth of that right this moment. If you were honest with yourself, some of you are feeling, amen, the depth of that right now. Some of you are wore out. Some of you are feeling sick. Some of you, your blood pressure is through the roof. Are y'all with me today? Now, I know some of that's from eating all that fried food and chicken, but I mean, some of that's because, amen, you're not walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Ministry without the Holy Ghost will kill you. Ministry, the home without the Holy Ghost will run you out, will run you back to your own life, to run you back to your own way. And ministry without the Holy Ghost, as a pastor, amen, the burdens of the ministry will come and tear your body apart. Somebody say, kindle afresh. That's why we got to ask God for a fresh anointing each and every day. You hear that and it's a little bit, amen, cliche, but we need a fresh anointing today. Amen, I need a fresh touch today. I need a fresh touch today. I can't run on yesterday's anointing. I can't run, amen, on yesterday's, amen, provision. I need today. You know, you may, if you look at it, Paul was killed by ministry. Jesus was killed by ministry. Hello. All the apostles except for one were killed by ministry. <laughs> but it wasn't because they weren't walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's because they were laying down their life for Jesus. So my question to you today. Have you ever felt just burnout in following Jesus? Or have you ever felt like you were all alone in your situation or your ministry have you ever felt timid or ashamed of your faith? And have you ever wondered if the Christian life is even worth living? Have you ever felt like your hope has been robbed by people or by circumstances and the tiny spark of your faith is going to be snuffed out? Well, I'm here to tell you today, if you can identify with that, then God's word through Paul, amen, is for you today. Because you are in the same situation as Timothy was. 
In 2 Timothy, amen, Timothy is about to give up, amen, not just ministry, but he was about to pitch his faith, and Paul begins to give Timothy part of the solution. How many of y'all know what's so awesome about it is that God gives us the solution, he doesn't just reveal to us the problem, but he gives us the solution. You know, when Paul began to speak to the church about unity and how to keep the unity of the spirit, how many of y'all know he gave a solution? He said, you need to begin to walk in humility. You need to begin to tolerate one another. You need to begin to serve one another. He gave a solution. And by the grace of God, right here, we begin to see Paul once again giving a solution to Timothy to this spirit of quitting. And this is what he says to the circumstance of Timothy. Amen. He says, Timothy, you got to stir it up. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you got to stir it up. Somebody look at your other neighbor and say, you got to stir it up. You got to stir it up if you're going to make it through this. You've got to learn to fan the flame in your life if you're going to make it to the destiny that God has for your life. You've got to begin to learn to stir it up a little bit. You've got to stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Hello, somebody. Amen. The Bible says, amen, that we should be praying always in the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the building up, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying always what? In the Holy Ghost. You've got to get built up. You've got to get edified. You've got to stir it up a little bit. You've got to begin to develop some momentum in your life. See, the problem is that some of you don't know how to stir it up. Are y'all with me today? Some of us don't know how to stir it up. Well, hang around somebody that does know how to stir it up. Hang around somebody that's trying to make it. Hang around somebody that's a leader. Hang around somebody that's going where you want to go. Don't hang around the people that are dodging prayer time. Don't hang around the people that are always busy during class. Don't hang around, amen, the people that are running from God. Hang around the people that are stirring it up. Come on, man, if you want to live, amen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to die young, amen. I know they say all the good die young, but I don't want to die young. I believe there's some good work to do. I at least want to hit 50. Hello, somebody. And the only way I can do it is if I'm walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, because y'all will kill us. <laughs> Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, don't kill your pastor. I know they crucified Jesus. Amen. You want him to be crucified like Jesus. You want to be like Jesus, but come on now. God is good, amen. You know, when you look at the definition for fan the flame, it's to intensify or to stir up feelings. To exuberate an explosive situation. Are y'all with me today? To intensify or stir up feelings, exasperate, amen, an explosive situation. Now, I'm going to talk to you. My first point right here, if you'll put it on the board, amen, is fan the flame of passion for personal intimacy. Fan the flame of passion for personal intimacy. Another word for it is personal momentum. Somebody say personal momentum. See, we're talking about some momentum here. You've got to begin to develop some momentum in your life. And how is that done? It's done by an upward connection. You know, the solution that Paul began to give to Timothy when he began to tell him, you need to fan the flame, amen. You need to begin to stir up the gift that's inside of you. He begins to go on to say, I didn't give you, amen, a spirit of Timothy. I didn't give you a spirit of fear, amen. But I gave you a spirit of power, love, discipline, a sound mind. That's what you're going to get when you begin to stir it up. 
You're going to begin to walk in that. And it starts by going through, amen, the passion for personal intimacy. How many of y'all are still passionate, amen, your relationship with God? How many of y'all are still passionate about your prayer time? How many of y'all are still passionate about reading the word? How many of y'all are still passionate about witnessing to the lost? How many of y'all are still passionate about going to open up? How many of y'all are still passionate, amen, about doing, answering the call of God? Here he is, Timothy, a church planner, amen, anointed by God, amen, called by God. And he's at a point where he wants to quit, amen, and God gives him, Paul gives him the solution, amen. He says, you got to stir it up, son. So my prayer for you before you leave here is that you learn how to stir it up. Not relying on everybody else to stir it up for you, but you learn how to stir it up. Not just relying on the pastor to come in, amen, and give you a word that's going to sustain you for the rest of the week, but that you can come in, amen, and operate out of the overflow when you're worshiping God because you've already stirred it up. But it starts with personal intimacy with God. Are y'all with me today? And through that upward connection... You're going to begin to receive power. Somebody say power. power. See, on our own, we're totally incapable of remaining faithful to anyone or anything. Not even ourselves. Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That's in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to carry it out, but I, amen, but I, I can't. I have the desire to do what is right, but I cannot carry it out, Paul said. See, the greatest gift each of us receives as a new child in Christ is the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. Two images always seem to accompany the Holy Spirit. One is fire and one is wind. And just as all fire needs oxygen, so the flames of faithfulness within us cannot keep going without the breath of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit continues, continued presence, amen, somebody said continued presence. Continued presence acts like a bellows to the flames we tend in our hearts. See, if we ignore constant Bible study, regular prayer, and witnessing, we shut down our own air supply, and we quench the flames of the Spirit. Now, I want to share with you, pastors, I know some of you, amen, if you're going through what I'm going through, you, amen, are, you've been getting hit from your own people. Don't take it personally. It's just the condition that they're in. They can't be faithful to you. They can't be faithful to God. They can't be faithful to themselves without the power of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me today? Now I'm going to tell you, share with you a few reasons that the flame dims. Number one, no fuel. See, in the Christian life, we find energy in God's presence and in his word. And if your flame is dim, this is the first area I would recommend you examine. Because if your flame is dim, you have no power. See, you need some fuel. Somebody say, you need some fuel. The next reason that a flame goes dim is because of suffocation. You know, stuff of life crowds our flame until it's almost extinguished. I'm going to give an example. Amen. Y'all have heard of Dumas? In chapter 4, verse 10, because he loved this world and all of its stuff, he deserted me and had gone back to Thessalonica. If your flame is dim, you may be looking for fulfillment in the wrong places. You may be looking for love in all the wrong places. Hello, somebody. You may be looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. If you're dim, if you're, oh my God, if your flame is dim, you might be looking in the wrong places you might be looking to satisfaction in the world in the things of the world it's suffocating your flame the next thing is you might be spread thin coals burn brighter on the closer they are to each other they magnify each other's heat and perhaps if you feel like your flame is dim, 
Maybe it's because you're disconnected. Are y'all with me today? That's a lack of self-discipline. If you're disconnected from the Lord. See, he said this. He said power, amen, love, and discipline. You got to remember your resources that God has given you, and they're at your disposal. I'm going to tell you this right now. When we look right there at verse 7, look at that with me real quick. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity. He said, in other words, that spirit of timidity or that spirit of fear, he said, that's not from God. Now, I'm not talking about the fear that you might have when you go into your pastor's office. Amen. That's a different type of fear. That's called a reverence for God. Because you know that your pastor carries the anointing of God. So you come in there a little bit nervous. That's just your reverence for the Lord unless you're scheming. And that's your conviction of the Lord. Amen. But, you know, your reverence for the Lord. But he's Timothy. He said, this isn't from God. And if it's not from God, then who is it from? Hello, somebody. In other words, this doesn't belong in your arsenal. He said, amen, we're not called to walk around as cowards. Hello, somebody. We're not to walk around with the spirit of timidity, not being sure and not knowing and, and this and that. Amen. But you need to, he said, you need to, oh, my God, you need to be bold as a lion, he says. You need to walk around, amen, amen, confident, bold as a lion because you're walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. You know who your God is. You know what you're doing. You know, I want to share this with you. Revival starts in the heart of the individual. So my question to you is if, are you ready to pitch it all? Are you ready to give it up? Well, you need to use your gift. You know, when you're going to be encouraged when you're encouraging others. The Bible says that those who water will be watered themselves. As you give out, God will fill you up. You got to utilize your resources. Your resources, the presence of God. And you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. My second point, if you'll put it up there real quick. Fan the flames of passion for ministry. See, the first one was an upward connection. The second one is an outward connection. And if you notice, I put ministry momentum. In other words, it's not simply enough to maintain our relationship with God until we open ourselves up to others and let the warmth of this fire spread through our families and friends and church and community, it acts as a selfless service, the flames will gradually die out. In other words, if you want to, you don't want to know why some of you have stopped growing? Because you, you stopped giving out. See, when you first come in to Christ, you are receiving. And when you receive, amen, and you gain knowledge, the mind grows. But when you begin to give out, the heart grows. And some of us have become complacent because we've quit, amen, having a passion to give out. We quit having a passion to spend time with the new believer. We quit having a passion, amen, to go and to teach the word. Hello, somebody. We quit having a passion to go to the streets, amen, and witness about Jesus. We quit having a passion to reach a lost and dying world. And so we get stagnant. It doesn't just have to do with, Pastor, I'm at a point where I'm not growing. Uh, you need to put me behind the pulpit. No, that's not what it is. Are y'all with me today? I want to share something with you real quick. 
I want to talk to you about momentum. I'm going to talk to the leaders for just a moment. Amen. Momentum is something that is a leader's best friend. All leaders face the challenge of creating change in an organization. But the key change is momentum. And strong leaders understand that to change direction, you first have to create forward progress. And are y'all with me today? See, we need some people that can begin to create some ministry momentum. We need some people that are underneath the pastors serving that know how to begin to get some momentum going in the right direction. We need some people, amen, that can begin to develop momentum in their life personally and begin to maintain that momentum and then begin to ignite that momentum, amen, to the others around them. Hello, somebody. You need to be a person that's burning with a fire and a passion, amen, to where it just begins to ignite everything around you. It begins to change the direction, amen, that you're going. Hello, somebody. You want to be a, a successful leader you want to be a if you're a home director you've got to be able to get some momentum going you've got to begin to identify what it is and get it going I'm speaking to the leaders for a second it's all of our responsibility to get some personal momentum going. But it's the leadership's, amen, responsibility, not just the pastor, amen, to get, amen, some ministry momentum going forward. Hello. It may take a leader to create momentum, but followers catch it. And those that are managers are able to continue it once it's begun. See, you have those that create it, produce it. And then you have those that can, amen, manage it. My question to you today, are you one that can create it? I'm talking about the right direction. I'm not talking about some momentum where you're taking the whole ministry the wrong direction, amen, and fixing the nosediving, amen, in the ground. And the pastor has to come and resuscitate the whole congregation because you've been sowing seeds of discord and, and selfishness, amen, and scheming and all that. I'm not talking about that today, amen. I'm talking about some momentum that's going to take us to the next level in our lives. So you home directors, you've got to be the one that can get some momentum going. And you leaders, y'all have got to be ones that can begin to maintain it and manage the momentum. But if you can't do it in your own life, how are you going to do it in the house of God? You've got to begin to fan the flame in your own life, amen, in order to be able to fan the flame, amen, in the ministry. Come on, and you say, I want to be launched out, amen, I want to open up, amen. Well, what are you doing with the momentum of the ministry? The pastor goes away for two weeks, amen, and comes back, and the whole place is dead. There's no, there's no fire in the prayer time. There's no fire in the praise and worship. Oh, my God, y'all, come on, where's it at? you got to get the momentum. There's no vision being casted. You gotta be able to stir it up, not just for yourself, but stir it up, man. Somebody say, stir it up. Stir it up. You gotta fan the flame. You gotta keep that fire going. Come on, somebody. We leave out the door and everything spiritual stops. Man, the devil is a liar. That's why we have pastors having to act as home directors. Not everywhere. And by the grace of God, not at my house. Right now. He's been there before. I was the home director for four years. Hello. I said, man, I can't wait till the day when I get to be the good guy. <laughs> One day.
Are y'all with me today? I'm going to share something with you real quick. I'm about to close in just a little while. You know, give me about, I don't know how much time I got, but give me a second. So are you one that creates momentum? Are you one that manages it? Or are you one the one that distinguishes it? Extinguish, excuse me. Sometimes, I'm going to tell you, momentum sometimes is the only difference between losing and winning. How many of you know we, we, we want to be winning? We're on the winning team. We want to win. Nobody likes to lose. If you like to lose, then, man, you might want to move around. We're not losing here. You're not a loser in the Lord anymore. You were losing all those years. Now you're a winner. You know, when the opposing team in basketball games scores a lot of unanswered points and starts to develop too much momentum, a good coach will call a timeout. He'll say, timeout. And momentum all also makes a, a huge difference in organization. When you have no momentum, even the simplest task can seem to be big problems. But when you have momentum on your side, the future looks bright. Obstacles begin to appear smaller. Troubles begin to seem temporary. Because momentum begins to make leaders look better than they are. Y'all ought to be making your leaders look real good. Y'all ought to be making your pastors look real good. It's hard to do when you're back there running your mouth about them. Slandering, gossiping. Coveting. Are y'all with me? Those are momentum killers. But momentum makes a leader look real good. You ought to make your, want your leaders to look good. I'm going to tell you, whatever you sow is what you reap. When you become a leader, man, they're going to do you that way and worse. Hello? That's why some of y'all are real bad as a kid. That's why your kids are real bad, you know? You know, my son, he's a smart aleck. I, you know, and that, oh, that's me. I, I was a smart aleck. Hello. You read what you sow. But he knows that, you know, momentum makes it look better. And when leaders have momentum on their side, people think they're smart. And they forget about the mistakes the leaders have. God is good, Amen. The last point I have real quick, and I'm about to close, is passion for growth. Passion for growth. Personal growth as well as spiritual growth. I mean, as well as ministry growth. If you're here and you're serving, your goal ought to be to see this thing flourish the best that it can. To see the most souls saved. To see, amen, come on now. You want to know why? Because that's the heart of your pastor and that's the heart of God. And the way you do that, amen, is not just by looking at numbers. But the way you do that is by investing in individuals. You've got to invest in them. You've got to spend time with them. You know, I heard Pastor Ruman say something recently, and it was very simple. But, man, for me, it was very impacting. He said, the people are, you know, it's, it's like your wife. Your wife, they just need a little attention every once in a while. Your wife just needs a little attention. She's good. Are we so busy that we can't even give attention to the people? God is good, amen? Look, I want to share with you two types of growth, and I'm going to close. There's simple growth, and there's sacrificial growth. Sacrificial growth is exponential if you look at the word exponential and you look at growth, amen, exponential growth, it doesn't just shoot straight up. But exponential growth, it goes about like this, barely just increasing, increasing, increasing. And then all of a sudden, phew, takes off. 
And that exponential growth is sacrificial growth. You may not be seeing the fruit of what you put in, but amen. It's just that exponential growth, amen. It's just coming, it's just coming, it's just coming. And it's, and it's, about, to, it's about to take off. It's about to take off. You're about to see the fruits of your labor. Amen. You're about to see it explode. You're about to see it double, amen, double. Yeah. You know. So what do you do? Double the service. Thank you, Jesus. Or double the seats. It's cheaper to double the service. <laughs> Are you all with me today? Let me give you an example of this. If I gave you a million dollars right now, boom, a million dollars, would you rather me give you a million dollars right now or would you rather give me give you a penny and double it every single day for 30 days? If I give you a penny and I double it for 30 days, you got 100 million. I'm giving you a penny. Give you one penny one day. Double it. Give you double the next day. Double it. Double it. Double it. For 30 days. That's exponential. Are y'all with me today? And as we look here in this last part, in the scripture, he says, For God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and love and of discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony for the Lord. Or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. And see, during that sacrificial growth, in, on a personal level and on a ministry level, during that sacrificial growth, amen, there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of giving of things. Amen. Hello, somebody. Come on, somebody. But the reward is great. Amen. Because it's going to begin to shoot up. Amen. And all of a sudden, God's just going to release it in your life. But the problem is, is everybody wants, amen, that immediate gratification. They want that immediate solution. Amen. They'll take the million dollars over the hundred million dollars because they want it right now. Amen. I want my family back right now. But God's trying to work some things out, amen. That way it can be blessed to the fullest. I want that job right now. But God's trying to set you up to where you have the character to not just have a job, but be a business owner. Oh, my God. Amen. I want it right now. Amen. But God's trying to get you ready to where you can have your ministry and it won't fail. Amen. Because you fell into sin. Amen. Hello, somebody. You say you want it right now. But God's trying to get you, amen, to take you to a city that's bigger and you're trying to go, amen, right down the street. Come on, somebody. Amen. You say, I want it right now. But God's trying to give you a whole state. He's trying to give you a whole nation. He's trying to give you a whole continent. He's trying to give you, amen, something great in your life. But you say, I want it right now. And sometimes if you settle, you know, God will still give it. He'll bless it sometimes. It's not all the time. Some of you want him to bless your mess. Amen. But but you didn't get the full blessing of what God had. You didn't receive everything that he had. He might have given you your wife back, but the, the condition of the relationship isn't, amen, where it needs to be. He might have given you a ministry, but you're going to go through a whole lot of bumping your head, amen, before, you're, before you get to breakthrough. You can either pay on the front end or you can pay on the back end. And through that, some suffering. But it's all for the glory of God. See, you've got to begin to fan the flames, amen. You've got to fan the flames of personal intimacy. You've got to fan the flames, amen, of passion for ministry. And you've got to fan the flames, amen, for growth in your life and in your church. Hello, somebody, in your life and in your church, in your life and in your ministry, in your life and in your ministry, in your life and in your ministry. You've got to fan them. you got to fan that passion. You're not going to be able to make it without it. You're going to quit, amen, halfway through, amen. And who wants to build a house and not finish it? And what are they going to look and say? 
He quit. He was right there. He was right around the corner from his blessing. You know how many times I've seen people just quit right before the blessing? They're right there. It's tangible. They can see it. Amen. It's, oh, my God. It's just fixing to be released, and boom, they quit. I know the pastors can speak of that probably a, a hundred times or more. Probably 10 times, 20 times for every year that they pastored. People walking out of the blessing. Come on, stand to your feet. See, we got to keep the balance of our mental, physical, and spiritual and social facilities. Remembering that the body is the only medium through which the mind and the soul are developed for the upbuilding of character. Spiritual discipline are essential. And anything that dampens the spirit's influence must be eliminated. Because no flame, no matter how well-fueled, will continue to burn without the input of a careful prod or a push here and there. And we must be willing to work our fires if we would keep them burning brightly. So as we worship, I just pray that God just begins to burn brightly in you today. If you would, amen, just begin to speak to the Lord right now, amen. Come on in. If you want to speak in your heavenly language, amen, come on, just begin to speak to him, amen.